right, ladies and gentlemen, around the Delaware Valley, welcome to the Pink Loss Hour with Sonny Banks. We're sponsored by Tony Schuler and Pinnacle Medical Plus. We've got a phenomenal show today. Uh, two fantastic professionals uh, in the house with us. Sonny, how are you? Uh, I'm good. We um, haven't had a show since the uh, Sixers debacle, so uh, we probably need to address Not that. really familiar with that one, Sonny. You're going to have to <laughs> let me in on it a little bit. I, I, heard, I heard our good friend Ben Simmons is not going to be playing in the Olympics for Australia. Um, you know. So they don't want him either, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like a, a hero there. Um, but we have, we have, we're, we're going to, so this is a, a show where we spotlight our top professionals and uh, medical professionals and legal professionals uh, throughout the Delaware Valley. But we always like to open up with um, some interesting conversation on current events. There's Correct. nothing more current on talk radio in Philadelphia than the 76ers and, and Ben Simmons. So having said that, if you will, Sonny. Introduce our guest. Yeah, introduce yeah, our guest, and then we'll and then and then we'll jump right into the sports talk. Angelo Cataldi's got nothing on us. <laughs> well, Joe, as you said, we have uh, two great guests today. We have Attorney Jeff Nirenberg and Dr. Daphne Golding. I've known Jeff Nirenberg for longer than I care to mention. Jeff has his own personal injury firm located at 30 South 17th Street, Suite 810 in Philadelphia. Jeff Nirenberg has been in practice for over 20 years. Jeff's firm does all aspects of personal injury practice. What separates Jeff from other personal injury attorneys is his aggressiveness and the way he communicates with his clients. Each client is kept fully informed and updated every step of the way throughout the litigation of their case. This kind of communication significantly reduces the stress that all clients feel in litigation. Jeff Nirenberg's aggressive nature has allowed him to maximize his client's recovery. Jeff employs a true take-no-prisoners approach when dealing with large corporations and big insurance carriers. I've known Dr. Daphne Golding for almost as long as I've known Jeff. Dr. Golding is a board-certified doctor of physical medicine and rehabilitation, focusing on pain management. Dr. Golding is part of the practice known as Premier Physical Therapy with Dr. Carl Contino and others. Uh, Dr. Golding works in their South Philadelphia, Allentown, and Wyomissing, Pennsylvania offices. Dr. Golding, like Jeff Nuremberg, has been in practice for over 20 years. She received her medical degree from the University of Pennsylvania. The goal of her treatment is rehabilitation and the restoration of function to enable her patients to improve the quality of, of their lives. I can attest to the fact that Dr. Golding gets those results. Um, Jeff, starting with you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about your law firm? Yes, uh, my name's Jeffrey Nirenberg, and I've been a trial attorney in Philadelphia since 1993. Um, I've been in my own practice since 99, and I focus mainly on uh, personal injury, car accidents, slip and fall, a little bit of work accidents, but my main focus is mainly car accidents, and uh, I handle cases all throughout the, uh, really, the Pennsylvania region, the counties, the five counties of Bucks, Chester, Philly, Delaware County, and, and Montgomery County, where I reside, and uh, I aggressively try to get people the money they deserve and, and help people on their worst days. Um, people come to me uh, very, very, very low and upset and saddened, and I try to rebuild them and get their lives back in track and get them back to work and find great doctors like Ms. Golding. And uh, obviously, if I can't handle cases, I refer to other lawyers, but um, I'm very happy to be here today, and thank you for having me. And what's your background? Are you born and raised in Philly? I am born and raised in Philly. I am uh, Penn State to Widener Law School. 
I am a diehard Sixers fan who is in mourning <laughs> and uh, still oh, devastated yeah. from my Game 5 uh, loss that I was at in person. And I felt like uh, it was my own car accident that I was in. <laughs> I got run over by it was a, a tra- the bus. It was what you call a train wreck. It, was a, tra- it was a train wreck. On the, it was just, it, there's no words to describe that night. And uh, Game 7 just was kind of the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> that was the funeral. And uh, sad, sad week for Philadelphia. But we'll get over it. We're, we're Philadelphians. We're, we're tough. It's interesting. Before you go, yeah, go ahead. I'm still getting over the 1993 Toronto Joe Carter home run. <laughs> Joe, okay. at some point you have to. Well, you have to I, let it go. The doctor says, my counselor, another 10, 15 years, you can see a breakthrough. <laughs> so, but we're not quite there yet. But we'll, we'll move on. You're doing better than me, <laughs> Sonny. Um, so, what led you to um, represent the injured? So my father was a lawyer growing up. He was more of a uh, corporate patent attorney. But uh, I I had the opportunity in high school and in college to work for some of his friends that were personal injury attorneys. And it just kind of spoke to me. It was sort of uh, Robin Hood in a way, uh, helping the the poor to to get money back from the rich. And it it just appealed to me. And uh, I enjoyed the fight. Uh, I'm a competitive athlete. I play competitive tennis and softball. And I just think it was a natural extension for me to uh, fight in a courtroom and fight against insurance companies to get people money when they can't get it for themselves. Well, thanks for being here. Dr. Golding, can you tell us about your background? Sure. Um, I'm actually not uh, fully born and been here forever. But I'm a small-town girl from western Pennsylvania and uh, came to Philly to go to medical school at the University of Penn did my residency at Jefferson, and I've been here ever since. So I feel like I'm from one end of the state to the other end of the state. And um, We're part of what, 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 that, what area in, in western Pennsylvania? Beaver County. It's west of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's right on the edge of the state, almost at the border of Ohio, and across the river from West Virginia. <laughs> got it, got yeah. it. You know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm – a big football fan, you know, and I, I love all the Philadelphia sports and all. But now that we have a Super Bowl, I I kind of like say, you know, in Pennsylvania, between us and the Steelers, we have like nine, even though <laughs> we only have one. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, um, <laughs> yes, football was really, really big growing up. Sure. So, and I. Friday Night Lights I, out there. Yeah, I bleed black and gold, I have to honestly say. Well, it was a However, great show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks <laughs> wait, for joining us. Wait, wait, wait. Don't <laughs> hate. I'm just kidding. I'm just don't kidding. hate because when I came to Philly, and I've been here forever and ever, so I feel like I kind of have two homes. Sure. And so I've got my AFC team, I have my NFC team, and it's all good. Okay. Well, you See, know, I thought <laughs> she was going to go um, you know, far and say I, I, I changed my allegiance. Well, you, what I find, oh, no, yeah. no, no, I've got both. <laughs> but you know, it why, is. Why do I have to give something up? Listen, I know, it's not necessary. Go. I'm <laughs> a much bigger Pittsburgh Steelers fan now than I am that we got one Super Bowl. It's like having, I, I said this to, uh, 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 we did a, uh, a talk. Remember the, uh, the, uh, the, the presentation we did at the, uh, what's it, uh, the, it was like a presentation. We did a symposium, the legal right, symposium, right? right? At, at the hotel. Right, and one of the uh, sports talk guys that was there, um, he, you know, I said to him, I said, having that one Super Bowl, it's like having, it's like the difference between having no kids and, you know, 10. If you have one, you can live with it. If you have 10, you can have a great family with one kid. With, sure. uh, now, some people don't want kids. That's great. However, having said that, we got one. 
We got a complete family here. If we yep. get another one, I can live club. with it. Um, so that Super Bowl was important. So now, except for when, so I'm a I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. But you know, the bottom line is, I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan. I, I can I can take the Pittsburgh Steelers a lot easier now that we got that we had that one parade down Broad Street. But and that one parade was really really special. Uh, Having lived through the six Super Bowls from the Steelers mm-hmm. and this one from the Eagles, yeah. this Eagles Super Bowl was really special. It, and it that's was coming from a steel. And, and you know okay. what? I'm, I'm just thinking I'm here, Jeff. Really, she, really is special. Is she throwing the number six in her face? Six. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> okay, six no, versus one. No, six. I'm just, no, don't, don't <laughs> no, do that no. way. <laughs> we're, it's we're just, all good. <laughs> Doc, we're having fun. I agree with that. <laughs> and, and, and just, just to, fi- to finish that thought, my wife threw me, threw me a surprise 50th on the Super Bowl. So oh, at my house, nice. 75 people, friends and family, oh, wow. had oh, the wow. greatest party, oh. most the great memory of a lifetime. Thank God. And the greatest present ever. And Jeff, could Absolutely. you imagine if they didn't win? You'd be, <laughs> you'd be I talking would have been blamed to, for life. Yeah, and, yeah. Or you'd, you'd have terrible memories. Here. But I'll tell you what. By the way, that is awesome. Is that awesome? What, what, what high school? So I'm Abington High School. To Abing- Penn State. Abington High School. Yes. Uh, I, one of my best friends went to Abington just a couple years, graduated just a couple years before you. But having said that. Um, so the doctor didn't finish. Um, so oh. why, why physical medicine and, and rehabilitation? Uh, because uh, in my residency, when I did a rotation through there, it struck me that everybody who came in, no matter how devastating the injury was um, or their medical condition, if it was not uh, from an injury, they always came out a little bit better at the end of it. It doesn't mean that they got back everything that they lost, mm-hmm. but there were things that were learned either through the rehabilitation process that they were more functional when they left from rehab. So that appealed to me greatly, and uh, and it still does. Yeah, yeah, sure. makes sense. So, yeah, we're going to get into um, you know the you know talk about the practice and and, and the firm. Um, but one, you know, we so we started off the air when we began as we're talking about, you know, the debacle that is the '76ers and what happened. Okay, um, so let's 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 throw the ball around a little bit, um, Sonny, if you will. I, I'm not sure um, Ben Simmons is a true point guard. Um, it's almost as if, you know, we're making do. Um, I think he's more of a, a shooting guard. Um, when he when he does shoot, I mean, not not, not shooting for the entire second half of, of the last game is a travesty. Um, but he doesn't uh, penetrate, uh, and you need a guard who can do both, who's a shooter and can penetrate. And without that, then uh, to you, don't me really have, a, you don't really have a point guard. To me, he's a forward. Like you know, so, I mean, he he's a good rebounder and he, and and he's a good passer. Um, unfortunately, you know, he's he just doesn't shoot. If, uh, Jeff, have you ever seen anybody like him? There's nothing like it that we can ever compare him to. How can you be in a modern NBA and not be able to shoot a little bit from either? In this modern NBA, especially. Especially the modern NBA. Maybe in the 90s, the early 2000s, there's there's a role for him. But everybody on the court, one through five, has to shoot. You have Joel Embiid initiating the offense and shooting threes and playing the point guard position, which is actually painful to watch for me. It is. is. Um, And Ben Simmons, to me, has been selfish and has really let down himself, his team, the city, everybody, because, I mean, 
what NBA player can't shoot? Well, I can't hit a free throw. Is it selfishness, though, or is it just, is it? A, just a lack of confidence? I, I, mean, I don't think it's selfishness. Really? No. And, Four and, years and, in? And maybe I'm just a bleeding heart. Okay. But I think that I don't know what this is. But clearly something's going on in his in head, his head hmm. because huh. he's quite capable. You've seen those glimpses when he does penetrate, actually. And but when is he shot regularly? He, Have you seen oh, no, him no, shoot no. regularly? No, but he was shooting better than he was well. in these uh, yes. playoffs. Agreed. And so we've seen him be better. We've seen a better Ben. Ben wasn't his better self during these playoffs. Well, yeah, if you will, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase well, it. Well, you know what I think but it was, though? Atlanta started to exploit the, 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 the foul of Ben. In other words, they were going right after it hardcore. They, 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 they went they, for the hack of Ben. The, the hack of Ben, right. And, and that and just took him over the edge. That's yeah, right. But <laughs> other, other teams used to do that to uh, Shaquille O'Neal. He, he couldn't shoot a free throw either. But um, he'd give you a 40 and 15 before Hack-a-Shack hack started. Right. Exactly. And he also had a different degree of mental toughness, shall I say? True. You're absolutely right. And, uh, and that's what I'm kind of like saying right now is that he, he needs an examination, you know, between the ears. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because you probably wouldn't get that perspective from anybody else but a physician. Yeah, but, but I, I, do, I kind of I, – I do agree with that. And I, I'll tell you why. I mean, there's clearly something wrong. Yeah, because he's talented. I, I mean, he, listen, he's one of the great athletes, no question, in the NBA. He, the, the numbers he puts up and the things he can do defensively and – and uh, uh, obviously rebounding. Did you that pass he threw left-handed across the uh, across mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the 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 floor? Mm-hmm. You don't see many. When, no. when, one of the most. If, if I was to pick, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, an all-time NBA, uh, you know, team in my in my era, of course, I'm going to leave Wilt and, and Bill Russell out because they're not in my era. But uh, uh, you know, they're you know, legend. I saw something on. Will Chamberlain the other day averaged 50 points a game, 20, 25 rebounds and 10 assists, something insane. Uh, having said that, um, of course, my, uh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan, but Magic Johnson, I mean, one of the greatest things, just watching him take the ball and penetrate that, and if they enclosed, he, he dished it off. There was nothing. You could see um, Ben has the same slashing Sort of like he's six ten. He's a, he's a rail. He can you know he's he, he's a slasher, um, but you can see that that. that w- and w- then he stops himself. Well, you could see he was really <laughs> in a bad way when he passed it to Embiid before half court. Yeah. And 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 yeah, he just you know he was it was just absolutely incredible. Now the other players in the NBA are seeing it, and they're and they're exploiting it, and the whole world's on them. Right. So there definitely are some mental issues right there. Aren't you guys concerned also about Joel Embiid? Stars leave. Stars, mm. you know, wear out their welcome. They get frustrated. Mm. They move on. If we were to lose Joel Embiid next year, if he demands a trade, then then aren't we a bottom feeder in the NBA if that happens? Well, it would be a it, sad day. It would be a very <laughs> you know, sad day. It, it was frustrating. It, listen, it was frustrating watching Joel, uh, you know, try to – you know, take it to the basket and try to and try to force it. He, he's he's big. He's a plot. He's a great shooter. But you can't listen. Um, Capella is no slouch on defense, right. and he kept trying to drive on him. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Capella was equal to the task. Sure. That now, what to me, what that means should is he be driving? <laughs> should he be doing those things? He shouldn't. But he's trying to do too much. Yes, you is. know what I mean. And and and. At, at that point, I also think Doc, it, you know, should have, you know, literally, and, and the game five was the one. It was, it was just, it'll go, it'll go down in infamy. And I, I do think that the Sixers have, 
uh, obviously a nucleus of an outstanding team. You take Ben, put him somewhere else, you can get ourselves a point guard that can play. And guess what? You, you know, you, 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 you got a whole different ball game. So, so is that your solution uh, to, to yeah. Ben Simmons' problem? To, yeah. To get rid of him. He's not fixable. Well, he, he, he's got to be willing to do it. And he, he had a whole year with Doc Rivers and, did not, and, and, and still did not consistently shoot the ball. I mean, he can. You he, can't fix things during the season so much. Not that kind of. Well, it thing. wasn't like he didn't I have a problem think. last year, though. But he had a little. He still has been it. there the whole time. I know, but Doc wasn't here the whole time. That's true. So okay. you know, we He's had, do we had a different set of dynamics. Listen, maybe give him. You, you know, Doc wasn't taking his back after that last game. They they said to right. him, mm-hmm. "Do you think he can play point guard in the NBA?" His answer was, "I don't know." Now, during it. During, and he and he started to take him out less toward, you know towards the end um you know i i just you know i just i i kind of i'm 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 a little nervous about giving him one more shot because teams in a two year period look what happened i'm just saying this off the but the eagles in two years were were not even the same team now sure. i i'm not saying the sixers aren't going to be that way i think there's one more issue obviously ben simmons is the obvious and glaring Doc Rivers. I mean, I hate to say it, and I love him, and I think he's been an incredibly I do, I do better coach him. than Brett Brown. But but for a 2008 championship with the Celtics, you have to read. I have a, a chart here I'll show you at the break. You, there's so much failure with Doc Rivers, and especially in Game 7. He has lost, like, four Game 7s in the last five years. He got run out of town by the Clippers. The Clippers just won a series without Kawhi Leonard, without him, with the same group. Right. To me... Watching the Sixers play in the series, I mean, the, the headline's Ben Simmons. We all agree. But beneath the surface right after that is Doc Rivers. He didn't make adjustments. He didn't make Ben That's Simmons true. possibly either true. a bench player or, or maybe a, a, a second-team uh, center, like a small-ball center, and let Maxie and Hill and Curry run the offense. Mm-hmm. He didn't make adjustments, and I think that's plagued him his whole career. The Clippers said it last year. Um, he was up 3-1 with the Clippers, with the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin group. Um, he's had many opportunities to win beyond just the Boston Celtics. And I'm, I think that this series, I'm a little nervous right now. Obviously, Ben Simmons, we got to trade him. But but Doc Rivers didn't exactly wow me this week. Well, you know what? The, what I liked about, I mean, compare, coming from Brett Brown. And Brett, Brett, Brett was just a, you know... You know, he. I thought he kissed up to the players too much. He let them run the show, and he was not a strong personality. Right. So, so Doc Rivers, as a human being, and as a and as a, a motivator, to me, um, was a hundred times better than than Brett Brown. Now, can, again, I don't have his 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 uh, statistics. Um, I'll show them to you, and they're alarming. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. alarming. Well, uh, so but having said that, that, you know, you know, look at one positive thing, uh, Seth Curry. I mean, talk about the development of that guy coming. I mean, coming from you know, I mean, you know, uh, being an afterthought of a type of player, six man, eight man, coming in and just being a shooter. And and and, and now, look, he's not his brother. And if, and 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 I'll tell you, you know, we did. You know, Trey Young is 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 uh, scintillating. Yes. <laughs> well, scintillating. I, I want uh, you know, and, you want to reach I, in I, there. I, and I had my doubts. I didn't think he'd be able uh, to make the leap from college to. But well, you agree that he's answered all the critics, and he's oh, the guy a little is, Allen Iverson almost. He's yeah. a, 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 well, yeah. the, the oh, thing. Oh, let's don't get carried away. With, with <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's even got that floater early down. stage. I mean, he's not he, he's not afraid to. But he reminds he's, you of who? Nice knows. player to drive the lane and then shoot that floater halfway. Well, he he shoots those. 35-foot shots like Steph Curry. But Allen can't hit threes like the way he you know, the way That's Trey true. Young can. Their right? game was different. Right. Allen Iverson, what was incredible about Allen Iverson, and 
I happen to be, this is off topic, but in the nightclub business for 15 years. And I had a club down on 2nd Street, and, and I end up knowing Alan, not him personally, because he didn't, He, you know, even though I've, I've talked to him a couple times, he was at my place literally, sometimes on away games um, after the game, but not obviously with his friends. And um, so, of course, I liked Alan. He was he was so fast and quick that crossover was automatic. He his mindset he was not if he if he was the shooter, because he was a mind over matter shooter. In other words, he could shoot thirty times, he could miss the first fifteen. He's gonna, and 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 his quickness was so he was perpetual motion, um, you know, and and so and it was when he lost his speed as as with everybody that he went down. But he was the hardest working and fearless, uh, fearless as the day is long. There'll be not many people like Allen Iverson, but you, but it's a different NBA. It is. You know, you look mm-hmm. at at, at Trey Young. And as much as, you know, I, I wanted to reach in there and, you know, after he's hitting these 40-foot shots, and that whole team is a dangerous team they got there. They're the kind of team that, I, you know, they're, 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 they're coached well, and once you start missing, that, that's their game. Yeah. And so they knew that, and they were patient with the Sixers. But Doesn't it hurt you that to end this, hopefully, but – uh, Trey Young shot five for twenty-three in that yeah. game. Of course, I mean, the he five he hit, four of those okay. that he hit were in a, with a, three minutes left. And man, but if you if I were to tell you that he'd go five for twenty-three and Bogdan Bogdanovich would do nothing, right? And you just go down that that roster and you say, how do you lose a game seven? They were favored by seven and a half points. Jeff, that's that, a lot. But that yeah. that's yeah. going. But that goes to show you about their team. Yes. Okay. And their I coach. Mean, and and their coach. And their coach. Uh, but having said that, what was amazing. Uh, what I loved and hated at the same time about Trey Young was he was driving to the basket and that he was doing the alley-oop. He wasn't hitting, right. but he, he the whole defense would collapse on him mm-hmm. right up to Capella, right through. Right. 15 assists. So, yep. so uh, I mean, the guy... He knew he could help his team so, in a different way. Yes. And, and, and so, yes, it hurt. I mean, I you know, it, it, was, it was painful. Um, no question about it. And we got some issues here. Um, I thought a lot of our, uh, you know, a lot of our players, um, you know, kind of disappeared. Did uh, not step up. Oh, yeah. I mean, How many layups did Tobias Harris miss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the series, but especially games. Well, Ben game. basically had a breakdown also. It, right. When he didn't dunk that ball, there was nobody around yeah, him. he right. passed it. I'm trying to think who he passed it to. Therese Steibel. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, so when you look at positive, when you look at positive uh, – you know, aspects of, of the Sixers. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, Embiid is just a monster. But whoever heard of, and it's amazing, when we were young, you know, with Moses Malone and and, and the centers of, of old time, they would never shoot from the outside. Now, he's a, 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 a cut above. But point is, no one's ever under the basket. We're getting no offensive rebounds because, right. you know, you're, you're putting it up and – and, and and we don't have any perimeter game now. Everybody's mm-hmm. out it, the perimeter. It's yeah. a perimeter game. Yes, uh, uh, but you know, so we don't really we're not we're not we're not you know we're not getting the rebounds and 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 those things and the rebounds that we do get even when they're 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 you know they're bouncing right into our hands. Like Ben will get ten of them. He'll get five of them that bounce off. Um, having said that, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think we're anywhere even close to a rebuild mode. I think we are a couple players away, and and you know. <laughs> You know, I I, I, I I think we're a couple of players away and getting rid of Ben away from competing. Uh, because he, you, you can say, you know, that if you look at the coaching job, and he maybe did have a 
But guess what? Ben Simmons is, you know, if, if you, you put a shooting guard there, we win that series. Yeah. We, you yep. know, we, we're going to, you know, so uh, I think w- what happens is you got a $100 million player, $140 million over four years, and you got to come in and you, you, don't put, you don't play that guy. Uh, and, and he took his back through the, through the entire year. I mean, yep. you know, Doc, what do you think? But he went down with the Titanic, too. <laughs> he, 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 he did. He's the captain of the Titanic who sunk with Ben Simmons on the ship. No, he did. He did. And, and, and he started to, you know, he, he was, he had, a, he had issues, obviously. I like Maxie. I think he's, a, you know, he's, he's young, and yeah. so yeah. he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't, and he's blazingly fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid. He's not afraid. No, he's not as consistent. Okay. But he's a, he's a rookie at, at 20 years old. He's 20 years old. It can only get better. The exactly. thing about Trey Young is he's 47 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he's 22. That guy's not going anywhere fast. Yeah, I think Maxie right. was the, the same uh, at Kentucky. He, he wasn't a consistent shooter. Story about Lou Williams, okay? He gets drafted in the second round. And uh, in our world, the, the party promoters, and, and he's, the players are, you know, they, 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 they towed a line. I mean, in other words, there was nobody, you know, you didn't see, you know, there was nobody, and I wouldn't say it if they were, but the truth is, um, we, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's a, a community that there's, there's promoters that are out there and they want to throw parties with the players, but the players towed a line. They're not out there doing any, you know, I mean, but when Lou Williams gets, I'll never forget, he gets, a, a promoter pulls him up to the front door of my nightclub. And he says to me, yo, I got the, now we didn't have a first round draft choice. I don't think that year. So he says, no, I got our first round draft choice. And I went, I know he's 18. If he comes into this club, I'm going to be on the front page. And so is he, <laughs> but you know what? Lou, and, and uh, Lou Williams, uh, was in Philly for a long time. After years, um, he didn't drink. He was the straightest uh, arrow I've ever I've ever known. A great guy. Um, it's a it's, you know it's a shame uh, that he has he's had all his success elsewhere. Right. But um, and then particularly with us. Um, and so I, uh, you know, shout out for him. I'm happy for him. If I gotta be happy for somebody, yeah. he won Game Five for Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, let's let's Uh-oh. call a spade a spade. And he's from Atlanta. I'm sure he's happy being there. Yes. Um, we're gonna we're gonna you know what we're gonna finish up. We got a, about three and a half minutes to the break. We just rock this thing. Philly <laughs> <laughs> Sports Talk. Move over. WWDB eight sixty AM. We've got all the answers. The Pain and Wellness Hour with Sonny Banks is basically this particular show. The first half is about the pain that we all <laughs> suffered at throughout the series, the Sixers series. Absolutely. We all needed this therapy. We, yeah. we needed this therapy, Doc. Um, My know, wife's a psychologist, and she said, "Just talk it out, Jeff. Talk it out with your friends. <laughs> Let it out. I bet it's not you your I could, fault. I could, I could, I could rewrite some of her books with a couple <laughs> conversations talking about Joe Carter." And the Phil- in 1993 Phillies. I'm not joking when I tell you that. Somebody put it on Facebook. Uh, uh, you know, they were putting associations, and they put right. Joe Carter and um, Mitch Williams. Now, you look at uh, – you've got to have a psyche to play in Philly. Mitch Williams did. He stuck he did. around Philly. He, did. He, he was a maniac, by the way. But somebody did a comparison. And, and I would you, – you know, your wife would be um, – you know, probably a, 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 this would be a good topic for, you know, Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons. Philly is a tough place to play, okay? And, that, you know, there are players like an AI, like like a uh, Dr. J, uh, like Reggie White, um, 
and you know a lot of Brian Dawkins. There's he'll never buy a beer in this town. That guy could walk in my house like in you know in the middle of the night and not. Something in the fridge to get whatever you want. Point is, but some people crumble. Um, you know, Ben has, has had a, a, an issue. We don't come back soon. Carson Wentz, Scott uh, Rollins. Scott Rollins was exactly what I was couldn't thinking. Couldn't handle Philadelphia. Just Could, couldn't do it. Couldn't yeah. handle it. Now it's never a good time when they come back either. No. They, they got to be like you know faking the hamstring. You have to be able to talk trash, take it, dish it out. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Thick skin. What are the fans like, Doc? What are the fans like in in Pittsburgh? Because Absolutely it's a championship. the same. Really? Okay. Yes. It's a championship. Steeler fans take no prisoners. You know what's amazing about the, the Pittsburgh Steelers? When you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, their coaches they have they they recruited three Hall of Fame coaches in a row. Right. The continuity is incredible. It is. It's and 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 you it is. And, yeah. and you the look at of the and the quarterbacks. Yep. I mean Terry Bradshaw. Right. Then they had um, Mark. Uh, I forget his name. And then Roethlisberger. Two Hall of Fame. They're due. They're not due to get a Hall of Fame coach or, or a Hall of Fame quarterback. If you look at the law of averages, <laughs> and I'm looking at doctors and lawyers in this room, I know you got this one. I'm an iron worker for crying out loud. For another got to be 35, 40 years. Yet organizations like like the Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, and other organizations in sports, you know, just keep rebuilding, and they have an eye for talent. I mean, you know, they have a great what, – what's the, the football coach's name there? Uh, uh, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. I would take Mike Tomlin. I mean, literally, I, I tra- you know what I mean? Like having somebody like Mike Tomlin, uh, like Bill Cowher, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, hey, if Mike Tomlin loses to the Cleveland Browns like he did this year, it's okay. going to be over for him next year. I, I know. <laughs> but you know he His time it. will be up, got two, right? Do you agree, doctor? I don't think so. He's got credit. I'll, I don't I'll know. tell you what. If, if he, that was he, ugly. Uh, you know, you, but you it, got it was very painful. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a Steelers fan, and all my friends aren't. It was I just, that was painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it absolutely was. But you know what? The Steelers, they're due to get blown out on occasion. They'll be back next right. year. I think they were. Didn't they have half their offensive line? I mean, I forget exactly what it was, but I did see. It. I have, I have a um, a neighbor who loves the Cleveland Browns. Biggest Cleveland Browns fan, right? I coached the kid in high school, Scott Paxson, who played at Penn State. And um, he played nose guard at Penn State. Um, was all Big Ten, and then he played for the Cleveland Browns. Played uh, for Pittsburgh. He was on uh, as a backup, um, and he was he was active for the Super Bowl that they won. Scott was a nose guard. He played behind Casey Hampton and Scott Hoke. And, and he was the, uh, you know, then he played for, um, you know, Cleveland a whole season. But... I said to him, I said, I got a neighbor who's a, a Cleveland fan. He said, really, they're hard to find, right? <laughs> and I got one, right? So I used to joke with him, and I would say, his name's Sean. He's a good guy. And um, I'd say, Sean, this was like a couple years ago, and, you know, I said, you wouldn't believe what happened last night. So we live in kind of, it, 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 there's, it, it's a corner. There's a few, it's, a, it's an odd-looking setup. It's an odd setup, the street. But I said, you wouldn't believe what happened last night. Somebody pulled in the middle of the intersection, and they were looking for something to steal. I, and, and, and they looked all around. And they had, there was all kinds of stuff. And they looked at the Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns uh, flag you have there, and they went right through, right for it. And I tackled them, and I stopped them from doing it. Well, we watched that. We were watching the games. He had it on his um, he had a big projector, um, and when 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 
when they won their first game a couple years ago because they lost a lot of games and they lost the two seasons, we all toasted for him because he was there for us and we won the Super Bowl. Right, right. So, I mean, I, 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 mean, I know, and I'm a hard I'm, – look, I'm, I'm an, a union iron worker, okay? I, I wanted that Super Bowl like there was no tomorrow. I needed it in my soul. We've done, we've done shows with, with some of the Eagles. And, you know, players retire. They go to other, other, other teams that get traded. Fans are here for life. Right. And, I talked, and, I, and I talked about winning that well. But, but we won one, and I, I thought I was going to be okay. But the next year, I, yeah, I was back on it, and it's been, it's been painful, right? <laughs> However, having said that, um, you have – but, but I would love to see Cleveland. Um, and some of these other towns that have never won something, experienced something like right. that. Like we did. Like yes. we did. It yeah. was incredible. So special. Happy 50th birthday. That's right. <laughs> never Jeff, be forgotten. Jeff Nirenberg. We're going to go to a break. We're going to talk some medicine and some law. We'll have more from the Pain and Wellness Hour at Sonny Banks after the break. Pinnacle Medical Plus is a full-service urine toxicology and durable medical equipment company serving patients throughout the continental United States. With over 25 years of industry experience, the professionals at Pinnacle Medical Plus provide high-quality services and products combined with excellent service at a reasonable price. On the urine toxicology side, Pinnacle is a trusted partner that provides the most up-to-date therapeutic drug monitoring technology. On the DME side, Pinnacle offers an extensive list of premium products along with priority delivery services. At Pinnacle Medical Plus, their number one goal is making sure their customers and patients receive the quality care and services they deserve. Contact Pinnacle Medical Plus for all of your urine toxicology and durable medical equipment needs at 888-396-8644 or online at www.pinnaclemedicalplus.com. All right, welcome back to the Pain and Wellness Hour with Sonny Banks. Uh, we've got a fantastic uh, show today. Believe it or not, we are not, uh, this is not sports talk. Uh, Sonny's guests really? are, are Do- Dr. Daphne Golden, Golding and, and, and Jeffrey Nirenberg. Uh, y- you know, I, I, uh, we'd love to s- sit there and talk sports, you know, for the entire show, but we want to get into your careers and your practices. And, Absolutely. Um, Doc, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a, a specialist. You, you treat injured workers and you treat injury victims, to say the least. Um, and um, y- you know you're 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 uh, somebody who uh, changes lives. And uh, you know, talk about premier uh, physical therapy because uh, people walk in there, they crawl in, and somehow um, you know after some uh, you know after some good treatment and obviously um, you know some work. Uh, you guys perform miracles there. Thankfully, um, talk about talk about what you guys do and 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 all the types of different injuries that you treat, and mostly just you. Nobody. Else, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I treat uh, injuries from uh, a lot of uh, be it a car accident or a slip and fall or a work injury, which actually some of them are. Um, have a lot of interesting mechanisms of injury, I guess I'll say. Uh, and so people are coming in. By the time they get to me, actually, of course, they've already had some degree, to degree of treatment. And at that point, they're already 
um, having a lot of uh, chronic pain and changes in their life. So, yeah, I would think that they view you as their last hope. Well, uh, they sure. may very well. I yeah. think I in, mean, short, in a lot short, of short cases. Of surgery. Yeah, in a lot of cases, and so they come to me and. Right off the bat, I try to establish a relationship of uh, trust because in a lot of circumstances, they kind of feel as though they um, have been injured for this whatever period of time it has been, and they have the not gotten going better. To, right, they've probably been going to panel and doctors that put them through the motions. And so, you know, I'm listening to them first of all, and then uh, actually reevaluating their uh, workup. You know, have they actually had a complete workup? And so the diagnostic process actually begins when they walk in my door because I'm looking at them, have like come in and how they talk to me. And uh, like I said, try to establish a relationship of trust and uh review the diagnosis and because if you don't really have the appropriate diagnosis you can't really help somebody to get better so uh, diagnosis and then the treatment uh, may consist of uh, a lot of different things some uh, sometimes the use of medication sometimes always uh, physical therapy is involved from my uh, perspective and um, then you know I may need to refer the patient to uh, say, an orthopedist or um, someone else for care that I cannot give directly and, you know, kind of put our heads together and see uh, what it is that we can do collectively to get that patient better. Is it important that your um, patients put in the work? In other words, put in as much uh, of an effort into, oh, in, in, into their health as you do? be an active participant because if you're not an active participant, uh, you're you're really not going to get better. Right. Uh, and you have to want to get better. Mm -hmm. yeah. Having said that, um, Attorney uh, Jeffrey Nuremberg, um, you're dealing with individuals, and, you know, that, that have potentially, you know, gotten in, in uh, a personal injury a, a situation, a, a, an auto accident, a slip and fall. Uh, and, you know, you, you medical is a big part of what, you know, what you guys do. Um, how important is the medical when it comes to, is somebody getting injured, you know, at the, for, because of the negligence of somebody else? And how often does that actual individual really put two and two together and understand that um, that's part of their case, treatment, treating, and getting better um, if they can, but treating is uh, part of their case? Lawyers, I, uh, good personal injury lawyers know that you can't be successful without great doctoring. It, it goes hand in hand. It's it's Embiid and Simmons, to go back to the earlier segment. Uh, it's coach quarterback. Without great medical treatment and physical therapy, the lawyer will be wholly unsuccessful. And you really have to get people to understand that treatment is really the key to the whole case, not only for them and their well-being, but for the lawyer to actually move forward and try to get them money in court or in an out-of-court settlement. The treatment is key, and surrounding yourself with good doctors and, and treatment people and physical therapists is really the whole basis of my practice and trying to weed out the good ones from the bad ones. And uh, that's hard. And that's ever-changing. And the pandemic made it even more difficult with people open and closed and limited hours. And so it's even more challenging now. But 
uh, people really, really need to pick good doctors. And they don't realize the importance of that. And during the pandemic, obviously, um, compliance uh, was obviously a big part of, of, of that. But during the pandemic, um, how, uh, how, what, a, what challenge, especially at the beginning, uh, was it getting individuals? I, I know that it, at, at Premier, um, you, you know, you guys have done a great job at, at um, you know, setting everything up and making sure that everybody's safe and, you know, the social distancing and all those things. But at the beginning, Jeff, um, as, as their attorney, uh, you know how how difficult was it to say? Listen, uh, or first of all, to find to find uh, uh, doctors um, and, and and practices like Premier that would that would stay open and do it. Number one, um, and that you were confident in that, and that and then having the the patients actually um, jump on board. It was the most challenging part of my career. Those first three months, let's just say, uh, people were all scared. I was scared. Uh, phones didn't ring. People weren't out in the streets. There were very few doctors open. Some moved into telemedicine. Some just shuttered. And there were big gaps in treatment for people that needed treatment badly. So I would say that um, it hurt, you know, my practice. It hurt uh, doctors' practices. They just weren't seeing people. People were scared to leave their homes. Um, And it was used against us in a court of law, which was galling. What really, really upset me uh, that adjusters and lawyers, defense lawyers, would say, oh, you know, your client didn't treat for four months or only went to uh, a telehealth or, oh, they were on the telephone with their doctor. And I'm like, well, it was a pandemic and, you know, people were dying and going to physical therapy every day was difficult and some people had underlying conditions. And But slowly but surely, I think doctors did a great job of reopening and reaching out to their patients. The key was to recalculate as a lawyer to find those doctors and start feeding the ones that wanted to stay open and cared enough to help people that were injured, Dr. Golden, talk about um, you know what you what what your team did um, at Premier in, in regards to uh, well, first of all, when it happened, when the first, when when the pandemic, the onset of the uh, the, the pandemic, um, and then um, how you adjusted. It was a difficult uh, adjustment to make. Um, I think that the whole country yeah. <laughs> is a lot cleaner. <laughs> as a as a medical facility, you should be clean anyway. But sure. you know, you're clean on top of clean. Sure. You know now. Well, that was paranoia. I mean, and it should be. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so um, a lot of uh, intensive cleaning and um, the uh, distancing between the patients and even in spacing out uh, I know for myself I I made sure that I had more time in between patients because I didn't want patients in a waiting room you know that wouldn't have been appropriate for a patient to be in a waiting room waiting for me so um, uh, and then in between patients cleaning in between patients so everything was spaced out uh, a lot more uh, from an appointment standpoint Uh, and I know for my own practice um, initially I did do a lot of telemedicine I do uh, electrodiagnostic testing EMGs and nerve conduction studies and I did uh, at the, and there are recommendations from uh, the American Academy of PM&R and also um, uh, the electrodiagnostic uh, uh, 
board on what to do at the beginning of the pandemic. So unless there was like a quote unquote uh, urgent or something that was really life threatening that needed answers, which wasn't my situation. Mm -hmm. So I did stop doing EMGs for a while because you can't social distance and do an EMG. Right. So, you know, you're, you're right up on top of each other. So, you know, there, there was a while, there was a period of a few months when I did not do them. But I still evaluated patients. Um, I'm a, a, a much more of a Zoom <laughs> expert now. Yeah, you know. right. And, and I have are. to say the technology uh, was very helpful for me. Well, and, and, that, and that's an interesting part. Um, uh, Jeff, uh, communications. What your, what your clients. Now, I know that, you, you know, it's a big part of your, what you do every day anyway, but um, talk about how important that was because you got people uh, that are already stressed, uh, at, at, you know, when it comes to their life circumstances and now they're medical, but communications and, and, and staying on top of the cases and understanding what's going on in their life, uh, how important was that during the pandemic? More than ever. I mean, I'd say that's the key to my business, right, at, at any time, obviously. But during the pandemic, people were even more scared and stressed and anxious. So communication on almost a weekly basis with people was key. While I was at home doing nothing or the phones weren't ringing, and instead of panicking, I had to keep busy and uh, calling people, really just calling people. And them hearing you know, my voice and me hearing their voice was actually a little bit it was almost therapeutic, yeah. and I think it lifted some people's spirits that at least somebody, some people live alone, some people don't have a big support system, and with quarantine, hearing from the lawyer or someone from my staff, I think helped, and it helped me to hear their voices too, because there was a dark period uh, where we didn't know what was going to happen, and uh, yeah, so just talking and communication, I think, was the most important part of the year. For yeah, me. Sonny. I was going to ask, do you, do you um, both see some of the, uh, you know, tools and techniques that we use during the pandemic carry over after the pandemic in your practices, such as uh, telemedicine, uh, you know, Zoom visits with uh, clients, uh, Zoom depositions, et cetera? I think the, uh, the, the technology saved us. I mean, think about this pandemic even 10 years ago. Uh, we have DocuSign. We have Zoom. We have Teams. We have Skype, we have FaceTime. Um, these these uh, tools, I think, help some people survive. Um, and without them, I don't think uh, my practice would have survived. There's a, I didn't realize really how much you could do with all the technology until we were sort of forced to do it. So you're still using it? I'm still using it, yes. And I mean, I'd I, encourage I people to come well. in, but I still use it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do as well. I make sure that I do, I mean, I see each patient in the office. But sometimes I may do an initial evaluation uh, on Zoom, and then when I see them in, in the office, I'm that far ahead, and I can get right to doing some other things when I see them in the office. So right. I'm, I'm doing a combination. Uh, you know, it's interesting, um, uh, the the technology um, that, that is being used. I bet in your whole life, as, as somebody who deals with physical medicine, um, you never thought you'd be doing telemedicine um, in, in your Not entire life. <laughs> but it's a, listen, I had an eye exam over over Zoom. We talked about yeah, that. I that's mean, incredible. And they actually gave me the chart and all. I mm -hmm. mean, mm -hmm. it was wow. crazy. From Will's eye, in fact. There's one negative I'd like to point out, though. Uh, while the technology has been great and it saved a lot of us, um, in the, in just in my field, I think it's going to be taken a little too far. So now you have many, many defense attorneys, and I'm sure Sonny can speak to this, 
that have become very, very comfortable at home. And they aren't being forced to return. So Zoom and Skype and all these uh, technologies have become a norm. And sometimes there's a great advantage to have in live, in-person testimony, arbitrations, depositions, mediations. And I'm seeing a trend where that's not happening. And that's a problem. And I think the court system, particularly in Philadelphia, uh, and I've talked about it with lawyers, and I have a friend, uh, you know, who's head of the trial lawyers, about when the courts are going to order, you know, think obviously the courts to reopen, but depositions to be in person, uh, uh, arbitration centers closed indefinitely. I've done more Zoom uh, arbitrations, mediations, depositions, and while there's some great benefits to it, um, sometimes it's great when you have a wonderful client for them to be sitting in a room like we are and, and, and having that, that give and take and that back and forth in person, and it leads to, uh, I think, better results for, for my practice, for a plaintiff's lawyer. Yeah, I agree. And a doctor has to see patients, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I've yeah, got to examine my patients. No, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, so, I mean, like, so the new normal, um, obviously, you you, you want to get back to more hands-on, face-to-face. Absolutely, uh, I imagine. Yeah, let me ask you know, so so, uh, as far as qualities go, to, uh, uh, in 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 regards to um, bedside manner and and and. Um, you know, I can imagine. You know, that um, when in both your your fields, it's, and it's basically the same in a sense. You're dealing with the same clients and patients. Um, what what is doc? What is your um, how important is bedside manner? And 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 what is um, you know you, you, what relationship do you like to have with 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 a client to get them to trust and buy into? Sometimes, which can be a long term rehabilitation. Uh, it's very, very important that uh, a way of communicating between myself and my patient is established pretty early. Um, I always, um, you know, greet my patients respectfully. Um, I listen to the best of my ability. Uh, I let them express what it is uh, they see their injury as being. And... um, how do you see yourself getting better? Because I want to know something about them. I want to know something. Because, okay, if you have a shoulder injury, for example, yes, you have to work it up. You have to do some imaging. You have to do an examination, figure out what that is. But a patient doesn't walk, a shoulder just doesn't walk into your room. It's a whole patient. And so, you know, that shoulder injury has uh, an effect on other things in your life. And so, I want to hear about all of those things because some of those things are, um, not some of them, those things that they tell me are really important to them. And when they realize that you're actually listening to them, then that whole process of uh, getting better begins and you can build on that. And they trust you so that when you're saying to them, you know, you really need to do da-da-da-da-da, you know, they're like, okay, doc. You know, they'll, they'll accept those things and they'll hear those things. And they're more likely to try to do them and because they know that you have their best interests. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, it, uh, talk about um, the importance of having qualified docs. I mean, uh, you know, Dr. Golding's a pen doctor, okay, and, and Sonny. 
you, you know, and, and, and we know we're, what we're fighting against in these industries. Um, that's got to be a feeling. I mean, as Jeff said, um, you know, the medicine really makes or breaks a legal case. It does. Uh, to go back to your earlier point, though, uh, customer service is so important right now. Um, I have found the last year and a half, I call it the age of rage. I mean, people are angry. People have been through a contentious election. There's been COVID. There's been riots. You're getting people that also are coming to me on their worst day, but with all that as a backdrop. So you're and almost like a, you know, a, a regular counsel as well as a yes. legal counsel. So I find myself being more of a psychologist at times, but really having to watch my words and to walk on eggshells a little bit because people are more sensitive now than ever before. So I think it makes all of our jobs even that much more difficult. And those people that have good people skills and are able to relate and are able to you know, have compassion and empathy are going to stand out in this new you know, field moving forward because the days of, of, of the large factory law firms or doctors, uh, I just think the personal touch means more now than ever before. So, so, so having said that, we're coming down to, uh, I'd almost like to do a second hour. I'm not even joking. <laughs> um, having said that, um, I'd like both of you, obviously, you know, you have one thing to say to listeners out there. Um, about your per, you know about your commitment to them in 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 regards to treatment doc and and obviously representation Jeff um, uh, I you know, I would love for you to you know take a, a minute each to to talk about um, you know what your passion is for your for your uh, patient doc if you would uh, my passion for my patient is that. Um, they are better. Better may not mean that you no longer have any pain or you no longer or you've been completely restored. But what that means is that where you are, you're able to function better. And, wha- and, and what takes uh, and Premier has had a lot of success. What makes Premier a cut above um, because you guys have, you know, I mean, it's a, it, you know, you're, you're growing exponentially. I mean, you know, you treat, you treat a lot of, um, you know, you know, injury victims and injured workers, and that's a heck of a task. And that, which means a lot of legal professionals like Sonny and Jeff, really trust you guys with their clients. What makes, what makes Premier, um, you know, such a quality place? Uh, I would say. Um I'm going to give the benefit that, you know, a lot of places have um, uh, well-trained clinicians, providers. Um, but there's also that uh, collaboration that's important. You know, you, you have a patient and you actually uh, can commu- communicate back and forth, say, between uh, a physical therapist and say, you know, I just saw her and this is going on, and what do you think, and have a back, that's the rehab approach. It's like a team, it's uh, a team it's approach. More, yes, mm-hmm. and even if there are other um, physicians involved in the case, again, communicating back and forth. Like quarterback in the what, case. On right. what well is that's, going on. That's actually and how so your office is set up. I mean, you've got several doctors under one roof with various specialties to, exactly. to, to, to treat a, a patient. Jeff, if you would, uh, you know, your firm, a lot of success representing individuals who've been, uh, you know, injured in difficult situations. What makes, uh, what creates the success um, that you guys have had? What do you do for your clients um, that, 
you know, makes you a cut above. So it's just it's just a personal touch. Uh, when you're small, you have to go a little further. You have to be accessible. Sadly, as my wife says, uh, you have to give out your cell phone all the time. You're kind of on duty almost 24-7, but it has to be real. And I think that when you hire me and you hire my team, people really care about the individual. They realize that uh, they've been through a lot. Sometimes their, their cars are damaged or, or ruined. Uh, their bones are broken, and they're out of work, and they're really, really angry. Um, so constant contact, building that trust, lots of emailing, uh, you know, calling people when you might not want to call or text when or email when you don't want to do that, uh, I think is so important to building that initial trust. Uh, and, and I think that I've done that for so long, and I've watched actually Sonny do it for so long, too. <laughs> I've referred so many cases over to him, and his staff has always just been so organized, professional, and just so uh, easy to deal with. So I've tried to emulate some of that, and I think that that's what's kept me in business for, for all these years. So having said that, Sonny, uh, I'd like to get your contact information, Doc, and, and, and Jeff, for our listeners that are, that are tuning in, um, because uh, you know, if, if they have needs, Doc, if you would, at, at, at Premier. Um, in, in fact, you know what, before we go to Doc, let's go to Jeff. Uh, if you would, um, the contact information sure. at the firm. My uh, phone number is uh, 215-569-9100, and my email is jeff at phillypilaw.com, or phillypilaw.com is the website, and uh, it's pretty easy to reach me if you put my name in, Jeffrey Nirenberg. Go ahead. That's it. All right. Sounds yep. awesome. Doc, uh, contact information at, at, at Premier PT. And Absolutely. And I, uh, I have an office in South Philadelphia, one in Wyoming, one in Allentown. But I can be reached through one number, 267-639-2555. And they can tell you which office is closer for you and uh, make an appointment either one of them. All right. Sounds awesome. Sonny Banks, take us home. Banks Law, 215-561-1000. The web address is www.bankslaw.com. All right. This ends the, this brings to an end in the conclusion, the fastest hour in radio. And today actually was, I want to thank our guest, Dr. Uh, Daphne Golden uh, of Premier uh, Physical Therapy. And of course, I want to, I want to thank um, Jeffrey Nirenberg uh, of, of, uh, Nirenberg Law Associates uh, for being fantastic guests. Uh, we can't wait to have you back on. And of course, uh, for our host, Sonny Banks of Banks Law, uh, I'm Joe Doherty. And for, uh, and, and for our sponsor, for who makes it all happen, Tony Schuler of Pinnacle Medical Plus. For everybody on the panel, I'm Joe Doherty. Thanks for listening.